Support the podcast by buying a copy of this book, The Force of Destiny, by Eric Kent Edstrom. Hey, that's me. The ebooks are available on Amazon, Apple, Kobo, Barnes & Noble. They're also available in paperback. I appreciate your support. This is a labor of love. Chapter 35. Glorious Hate There had been no sign of Dunyeeple's. Kyla's ears were alert, but she kept her murkus masked. Though sheltered from the brunt of the storm, Kyla did not feel safe. They needed to move, and she knew where to go. The tower looks sort of like a fortress, she said to her friends. She hoped Jean was still a friend. Someone lives there, and I'm sure I'm supposed to go there. How do you know that? Quinn asked. She had braided her hair so that she now looked like depictions of Sefi, the archer of Onlin Keep, the legendary heroine who had driven the Nazg from the Westlands. The resemblance was no accident. Quinn had just read about her in one of her books. Apparently, Sefi's bow had been a shadline weapon. Kyla wanted to tell her friends about her mirror visions, but her enlightened majesty had been clear that the mirror was jealous of its secrets and might refuse to reveal more if Kyla divulged its power. But she'd also learned from the voluptuary of Starside that twisty words often served where the truth couldn't be stated outright. So now she spoke like the voluptuary. The force of destiny has led us here, the tower is nearby. I saw a light in a high window once. Someone is there, and they may be able to hide us. Jean leaned back on his hands. The color had returned to his face. His thick black hair was pushed back from his face, a bit tousled, but giving him a regal aspect. His eyes held no warmth. The tower is visible from the beaches below Ori's home. I think it a bit too far away to know if a lantern burns in a window. Perhaps you saw the sun reflected from the glass. We have fire right here, Quinn said. The storm has not lessened. That madman hasn't found us. Why move when we have just dried out? Quinn was right. If they went out, they would be soaked through and chilled to their spines. Perhaps it best if Kyla went on alone. She'd already put them in enough danger. We should at least wait until Henley comes, Quinn said. Huff sat next to her, allowing her to stroke his body. Ollie was still lurking in the loft, and Nax refused to talk to him or about him. Nax sat a few feet away from Penny, despite Kyla urging her to leave the child alone. But Nax liked Penny and was determined that the feeling must be returned. The child hugged her knees and looked into the flames of their renewed fire. She occasionally glanced at Nax, each time inching slightly away from the cat. Nax would immediately shorten the distance an equal amount, sit primly, and squint into the flames. If they kept it up, both would make a complete circle around the fire before long. Nax, give her time to get used to you. Nax returned a burst of flicktail irritation through the bond. I am. It would be easier to distract Penny than to control Nax, Kyla decided. Penny, can you feel what he's doing? She didn't have to say who he was. 
If the girl had the power to make a fire, she could surely feel Don Eppel's immense power. Penny's face tightened. Nothing now. He was just building and building. The power gave me a headache. It made all my teeth all buzzy inside. And then, she snapped her fingers, it stopped. Point to him. The girl jerked a thumb over her shoulder. He was that way when it stopped. Where we left him. South. He hadn't moved. But why not? How long ago did he stop? Kyla asked, chills rising. Hours ago. Jean leapt to his feet. How many hours? Penny's answer was silenced by a great rending as the roof of their shelter began to tear away. Clumps of rotten boards fell around them. A creamy white blur jumped from the loft, landing on Kyla's head and bounding to the floor. Ollie hadn't spared her his claws, and pinpricks of pain lanced over her scalp. She didn't have time to complain. Jumping up, she drew Kane. Quinn already held Black, and Jean held his blade, a dirk pulled from his boot. The roof flew upward, and the storm blasted in. Penny screamed and covered her ears. Nax cowered beneath Kyla, hissing. The sky was black, but not from the fell storm. The huge creature of oily smoke loomed over them. It gripped the remains of the roof in its amorphous hands and ripped it apart as easily as Kyla could break a warm biscuit in twain. The creature flung the pieces away, and they landed with a crash somewhere in the gloom. Fiery eyes, pits of molten hate set deep into the smoke creature's cloudy head, gazed down at the people it had uncovered. This thing was Yeeple's, but also more than Yeeple's, for it radiated hate as a fire radiates light and heat. The feeling infected Kyla, and she felt her lips curl back, and a deep snarl rumbled within her. Surely this beast had to be rich with mercasine. She decided she had no choice but to drop her mask. The sun could not have outshined such power. But this was a black shine, a soul-gobbling dark flame that emitted nothing but the hot stink of a charnel house. That second, the moment she dropped her mask, those eyes flared even as they narrowed. She felt the gaze fall on her. A furnace blast of heat flowed from its eyes to singe her. She pulled the heat from the air, a trick of negation she used all of the time. To the tower! Where is it? Quinn yelled, her voice ripping away into the chaos of the fell storm. This way! Jeanne shouted. They ran, Kyla holding fast to Penny's hand. The cats sprinted, heads low, tails lower. Ali shot ahead, outpacing even Jeanne. Nax struggled as the wind scoured the ash-covered ground. Jump up, Kyla sent. Nax obeyed, and Kyla tucked the animal into the crook of her elbow. Out of the corner of her eye, she saw that Quinn was carrying Huff in the same way. Her shadline blade clenched in the other fist. For all the good its keen edge or the silence would do her now. It's coming, now! Penny shrieked. Kyla felt it, a release of the marcasine like the tumble of rock from a mountainside, unstoppable, unavoidable, and certain in its lethality. 
she didn't look back. An arch of stone stood ahead, just as she'd seen in her mirror vision. It emerged from the fog-shrouded world ahead. Jeanne was already passing under it. He stumbled and fell, balled up and rolled, then popped to his feet. An explosion concussed the air and the ground to Kyla's left blew apart, sending gouts of ash and earth skyward. Another impact struck behind her, pelting her back with chunks of rock. Quinn reached the arch, and she too fell as she passed beneath it. Jean had his hands to his mouth. He was shouting for Kyla to move faster. Penny's breath was ragged, and her grip on Kyla's hand began to loosen. Blood bloomed from the back of the girl's head where a stone had struck. Kyla spun and hefted the girl onto her shoulder. In that moment, she saw what she had been feeling. The enormous power Yeeples had summoned was not formed of any of the base senses, but of hate, disgust, yearning, and a feeling she could only identify through the resonances it evoked in her own body. Righteousness. She knew that Yeeples had pursued her, driven by an absolute conviction that she must die. Not for being Kyla Sai, thief girl, but for being what he imagined she was, the destroyer of the world. The bolts of emotion surged from the fire-eyed giant of oily smoke as it stomped on mist-shrouded legs toward her. Kyla backed away, at once fascinated by the monstrosity and thrilling with terror. Her teeth chattered, and again the hatred curled her lips. She couldn't understand what purpose this show of power served. Wouldn't have Yeeples been better served to throw a thousand glowing spheres at her than to take on this hell form? Kyla, I can't see, Penny said. It's all black. Or had he realized something from their first encounter? Perhaps that she would not be easily defeated by such attacks. Perhaps this new strategy reflected some truth about her that even Kyla hadn't understood yet. I can't see, Penny cried. She wriggled and wiped her eyes with her filthy hands, sobbing with terror. The little worm had no appreciation for the risks Kyla had taken to protect her. All she could do was complain. All she could do was whine and sob like a... The hell form shrieked, an ear-shattering call of a million tearing throats, and it released its attack. Black zags of power arced from its nebulous fingers, stabbing toward the earth, toward Kyla. She threw the hateful child from her, not to save the girl, but to free herself from the burden. Nax shrieked and wriggled free. The black bolts struck Kyla's chest as she released her answering bolts of hate and revulsion. Her vision blanked, and her body flushed with a trillion pinpricks. Arms and legs convulsing, she danced upon the muck in jerks and hops beyond her control. It was no will shift, but the natural freaks of muscle tissue under the overwhelming power of the black bolt attack. The taste of rotten fish and ash filled her mouth, and her stomach rebelled. She doubled over, but could not produce more than gags. She should be dead. She knew it. No one could withstand such a force as Yeeple's hell form had delivered. Yet she stood there, 
vision slowly returning. The storm had muted to her ears, though the wind whipped harder than ever. Someone was tugging at her. Penny. She backhanded the spiteful child. You're a stain upon the floor. You're a kill-kissin' little... Kyla felt her scalp tingle with the momentary thrill of warning as the hellform prepared another strike. She let her own Mercus response fly. Not a counterattack, but a thrust into the earth beneath her feet. The consequence was to send her skyward, just as Yeeples had done at Ori's home. It wasn't flying so much as a Mercus-powered leap, but it carried her free of the black bolts arcing toward where she'd stood. A man had come. He scooped Penny up and backpedaled just in time for more arcs to fall harmlessly into the mud. He threw up a Mercus ward, much too weak to defend against another strike, but it didn't seem intended to do so. No, it went opaque, merely shielding him and the child from the hellform's sight. Pitiful. Kyla twisted as she rose, guiding herself by mercusine pulls and thrusts as instinctive to her now as had been her leaps and tumbles over Starside's roofway. She flew ever upward until she hovered before the hell form. Arms out, she gloried in the power coursing through her. She grinned, full of hate. Yes, this was glorious hate. Hate for the demonic giant before her. Hate for her friends. Hate for all the world. Why should she feel anything else? They were all ants. They were beneath ants, specks of dust, of no note, of no worth. How she despised them all. The hellform's arms reached for her. No Mercus boiled within it now, aside from Yeeple's inexhaustible spark. But he was forming no bolts. The fiery eyes flared and yet softened with what she felt was a kind of affinity. This was what hate fully manifested could be. She could become such a thing. She could surpass it. Huff says it's a trick, Nax said into her mind. The sudden sending annoyed her. Leave me! The black arms encircled her and began to close in. An embrace, a hateful embrace. And there was nothing in the world she desired more. <laughs>